There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Caballero, the holidays are already here and us Latinos like to wait until the last minute to find the perfect holiday gift. But why not get the perfect gift early? Claro, I'm talking about the perfect jean. I've been gushing about the perfect jean for years. The stretch and comfort are unmatched. And they just released a new premium 99% cotton version of their jeans. They got that old school jeans look con un poquito de stretch for that perfect jean comfort we love. Think classic meets comfort that's a bit more breathable our favorite combo but it's not just their jeans that are perfect i'm also a tremendo fan of their perfect tees made with 95 cotton and 5 spandex these tees are durable but more importantly hug you in the right places to make you look and feel great hell it turns a dad bod like mine into a sexy poppy bod <laughs> and it wouldn't be a perfect jean spot without a discount use code Pero 20 for 20% off your first order at theperfectgene.nyc. Así que don't wait until the last minute. Get the perfect gift with the perfect gene today. And don't forget to use code Pero 20 for 20% off your first order. This is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is season, season six, six of Pero Let, Let Me Tell You. Ramazzotti. Eros Ramazzotti. Eros Ramazzotti doesn't sound like Eros Ramazzotti. They're not the same person. <laughs> They're not. They're not Eros the same person. Ramazzotti. Yeah. It, that sounds like something you'd order at like an Italian restaurant. The oh, Eros Ramazzotti. Oh my God. Have you heard? Had you had the Eros Ramazzotti here? Yeah, it's really good. They really use good. fresh parm. <laughs> they use, yeah. excuse me, they use real Parmesan they cheese. Use, they grate it right at the table. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Nothing like Eros Ramazzotti to uh, <laughs> start the, the episode. Start episode going. 275. Seven. Seven. <laughs> 77. I was two weeks ago. I was still in October. You were still in October. And that's fair. That's your birth month. I, I understand why you have the connection. Yeah. Um, well, welcome, everybody. Yes. Oye, 
Thanksgiving is here. Yes, sir. I, I mean, mean, what we, do I tell you? It, yeah, no, yeah, that's it. Come on, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's St. Day. St. Patrick's Day. That's it. Bama Pop Bannigans. We're going to time travel. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 277. Yes. I, Are we getting ready for Thanksgiving? Well, I'm just glad that we survived yesterday's storm. Oh, yes. So if you were in Miami um, or South Florida in the last yeah. few days, it wasn't only yesterday. It's been predominantly. No, no, no. But, but Wednesday was, was worse. the worst. Yesterday yeah. was worse. Um, Wednesday. Yeah, um, Wednesday was the worst. Yeah. But even before, like Monday and Tuesday, there was a lot of rain as well. So, I mean, look, it, every time those storm comes, it's like alarming, but it's not because that's just how we do here. Yeah, no, but oh, yeah, yesterday it was bad. Like there's, <coughs> um, there's still like parts that have no electricity. Where? In the gables. Really? Yeah, like the lights. There are certain um, semáforos. In that have all of the places that the lights went out, it was Coral Gables. Yes, and and Georgia as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Because that's <laughs> the night the Marjorie. lights went out in Georgia. <laughs> that's from a song, right? Um, No. Uh, there's there's The Devil Went Down to Georgia. To, which is um I forget the name of the song, but it's that. Um, I know Georgia on my mind. Right, a lot of Georgia songs. Midnight train to Georgia. Do we have Florida songs? No, but we have the Florida Georgia line, and we have Florida. That's right. Which always throws me off when I see it in print. It's funny because the other day Tristan asked me. He's like. Is it true that Florida was our neighbor? I'm like, he sure was. Sure was. Florida, for the first three and a half years of your life, lived in our building. And, um, yep, he <laughs> was. And I worked out in the gym with him. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, that I didn't And he know. was super cool. We had the same gym. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's and then fair. the thing with, with Florida specifically is that where I lived at, there wasn't like a main elevator bay. There was three bays, and depending on what part of the building you used, you mm-hmm. would use that elevator bay okay. or that elevator line. And his penthouse, he lived on the penthouse, was directly above my apartment. So, um, so you were literally neighbors all the time. It's, it's, yeah, all the time, yeah, yeah, he yeah, would he yeah. would nod to me like, "Hey, what's up?" Mm-hmm. And then you know, in um in the gym, like his assistant or his mm-hmm. you know yeah. manager was always with him, obviously. Right. But he was like his age, so he was like really cool. Oh, so so they like, were just hanging out. Yeah, like there was yeah. a time that I remember that we were using like the same dumbbells and whatever, <laughs> and we ended up like I don't want to say that we ended up super setting together, but like we were working out. We like, worked out together. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could yeah, say you worked out together. And she's yeah. like. His name is Florida. I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, but you got the spacing is very important. Yes, yeah. yes. So yeah, we don't have Florida songs. I mean, I just feel that Pitbull is everything we need. He just kind of like ran with it. Yeah, and we're good. Yeah, it's like he didn't need to do a Florida song per se. It's just like Pitbull, Florida, three hundred five, Mister Worldwide, done. Yeah, he should come up with a song called Palmetto Bay. Palmetto Bay. I don't know. It just sounds like something fun. No, I think that he should come out with a song about Kendall. I mean, at the end of the day, Kendall is a hood. That's true. The mean That's streets true. of Kendall, the mean according to Kendall. Alex Rodriguez. Yes. You know, I, I think about that quite often. When I mean quite often, I mean maybe, you know, once or twice a year. Okay. Um, <laughs> so not as often as the Roman Empire. You know, it's, you know, it's funny that like a lot of people were very shocked and alarmed that he said that and they were like what the hell but you know i've followed alex rodriguez for a very long time because you know i am a huge yankees fan and that doesn't surprise me that he said that that he would try to pass off that's the type of shit that he would say okay yeah he grew up in the hood in kendall you know in his you know subdivision that he lived in with his you know right that that hood life at columbus yeah 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 you know Yeah. yeah 
he yeah <laughs> he used to take Kendall Drive every day, you know, and pass the Starbucks. I mean, how did he and, survive without getting hit by a carrito from Winn Dixie? I know, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, so before we get into any new topics this week, I actually want to revisit a oh. topic from um, yet yeah, last week. So last week I had said. And you kind of had said too that wouldn't it be amazing if Hall and Oates and Tears for Fears did a did a tour together? Because we were both saying how much we love. Wait, wait, wait! Because we were both saying how much we love Hall and Oates. Yeah, and Tears for Fears. Fears. Okay, so we have a very loyal listener um, that she she's listened to us since year one, and um, she she's great, and she's DM'd us many times, and she she's great. She's up at Oprima. And she DM'd me, and she told me that actually they went on tour a couple of years back, and she had a, a she had tickets to go <gasps> to the tour, but due to some uncertain Aww. unforeseen circumstances, she couldn't go. But that they actually did tour together. <laughs> like wait what are you kidding me so um th- it actually did happen hall and that is and tears for fears and why didn't we go to that why, why didn't why we didn't even we- know it happened yes because i would have been there i would have been total fangirling over like hall and Oates and you know tears for fears they probably just didn't come here i you know what that's I can, all i can, I can imagine see them coming to west Fort Lauder- yeah fort lauderdale yeah no but even still like I, I can only imagine they just didn't come to florida and that's why we didn't know I, I feel know. like we would have known I, otherwise. I, I don't know, but 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 because like when we mentioned that last week, it was sort of like a fever dream. Yeah, like, of course, yeah, out of thin air. Oh my god, can you imagine? Oh no, they have. Wow. But I feel that that's such a like they should do it again. Yeah, not only should you do it again, but like I feel that like when I when I said that last week, I'm like, this is so obvious because I feel that like the same type of people would like Tears for Fears that yeah. like Hall and Oates. Well, apparently they had the same thought, right? You know. <laughs> And this fan base is similar, similar age. Right, 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 right. You know, so, yeah. Well, look at that. Okay, let's put it out there again. They need to tour again. Hall and Oates yes. and Tears for Fears. Can you please tour again? Yes. Welcome to your life. And I think that the name of the tour should be Tears for Hall and Oates Fears. There's no turning back. That's such a good song. It is a good song. Even Come on, first verse. While we sleep... You, you will find, find me a son acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to rule the world. Such a good song. That so good that they toured together. That they did. That they did. <laughs> so thank you, Lisette, for letting us know. We even have know. our pulse on our, our finger on the pulse of the past. Yes. Yes. That's how. Yes. That's how on top of things yes. we are. Yes. Yes. So I thought. I thought that that was worth bringing up because you know what we, you and I always say this. Like sometimes we just say stuff on here, and I mean obviously we know that people are listening to right, us, right, right. but sometimes we like forget that people really are listening. Right. We're just having a conversation. Like they're taking notes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so tears for fears. Yes. Notes, tears so. for fears and we, we need to. We need to make it happen them. again. Yes. Yeah. We need to make it happen again. Yes. So. Absolutely. So what do you have for me this week? Absolutely. Well, this week, I wanted to bring something up. Um, I kind of, in a weird way, sort of found myself agreeing with someone that I didn't think I would agree with. Oh, no. Um, You're agreeing with Ted Cruz on something, aren't you? Not Ted Cruz. Marco um, Rubio. 
Yeah, and it's not about whether Mr. Bubble is the best one for a phone party. Yes, I think um, I know what because we all. I think I know what that. you're talking about. You're going to um, say, but go ahead. Yeah, so this week, um, Marco Rubio said, and I'm, I'm, give me a minute because I'm, I took a screenshot of it, of it in Spanish, <laughs> and I have to translate it back. Um, so he basically was saying how, like, you know, how are you a, a Cuban, you know, Cuban refugee comes comes to the U.S. ask for asylum. And then basically, once you have your your residency, you just like turn around and you're like, well, back to the island, you know, to mm-hmm. to visit back and forth. And look, I understand that Cubans, in terms of you know, compared to other other people seeking asylum, it's it's a whole different ballpark right. and everything. But I have to say, I don't hundred percent disagree with the sentiment of the mm-hmm. statement. Um, you know. When you, uh, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I've I was born in this country, so I don't know the ins and outs, and I'm sure you will. <coughs> excuse me, I'm sure you will give us some background. But if you flee a country, you seek asylum somewhere else. You know, you very rarely hear of you know Bosnians being like, well, now that I've gotten my political asylum, I'm just going to go back to Bosnia mm-hmm. for a minute, you know, and and come back. And I understand that people go back to visit family, and I can't fault them for that. But the frequency with which people do it, and as as we know, it's not always a mission of mercy, if you will. Many times it's just, this is I'm just going there because this is where I vacation. This is where mm-hmm. I spend my summers. This is where mm-hmm. XYZ. Yeah, it's a little hard for me to swallow I that. Mean, look, that I, I know people that you, have left Cuba and they've gone back to get married. They've gone back to have their daughter's kinses in Cuba. Right, that's what I mean. Like, we're um, not talking about, like, I went back because my mother was dying and I went right. to go see her, right? I mean, you know, when you, when you said this, you know what it reminded me of? Um, that um, that meme that went around a few years ago of Jennifer Lopez, that one picture is a is a shot of her made in Manhattan, and another picture is like Jennifer Lopez in a oh, red yeah, carpet, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. the picture of yes, her made yes. in Manhattan it says "En Cuba." Eh, no, cuando cuando eh, estabas en tu país, and then cuando the other one is cuando regresas a tu país, yes, and it's yes. all up. And you know, there's a certain truth to that. You know, yeah. people that come from Cuba, and I mean, obviously, we, you and I can talk about the Cuban experience, right. but it's very similar to most uh, immigrants, especially Latin American and. Uh, immigrants that go back to their native country you know they've already been in the u.s they have money they go with dollars and things like that now what i would say specifically about cuba is that and again you and i can speak about the cuban experience um you know we can't really speak about other people's or other nationalities uh experience Uh, yeah i I get that too because you know this is a, a repressive place and and again look i understand that if you have your family there Right, your parents, your siblings, you know, whomever, you know, or even even very close. Some people friends have their that, their kids that that are like family. Yeah. I understand that you're gonna want to go and visit them, but you know, it's it's a very different dynamic now. And and look, it, I mean, look, this is a very multi layered, of course, conversation because you're talking. You and I come from a generation, and we come from a you know, specifically me, that my parents, yeah. you know, your parents came from Cuba when they were children. My parents came from Cuba as full-blown adults with kids of their own. Um, you know, my parents have that hardline attitude of like, we will not return to Cuba right. because we left communism. We left for a reason. We left for a reason. We left to flee communism and right. we're not going back. We're not going back because this is why we left, to leave the terrors of communism behind. So my parents come from that old school mentality. So I understand that people that maybe 
were born and raised there. That's the only thing that they know. Right. And then come to the US. I understand that they're going to see that differently. So I give them a little bit more grace. Mm -hmm. But but at the same time, I, you know, with the exception of again, visiting friends and family or, or things like that. I mean, there's people who go party in Cuba. Yeah. You know, they go party in Cuba and I've never really understood that. Um, si las cosas estaban tan mala. Mm -hmm. Que te tuviste que ir. Right, but the thing is that they go with dollars now. So now they have access to all those fancy baradero, um, you know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, this is something that I've always, and I think I've mentioned this to you before. I don't know if I've talked about it here on, on, on the podcast. But something that I've always struggled with is that I, I've never I've never been interested in going to Cuba to party simply because that's not who well, I am. Well, you're not a partier to begin with. Uh, that's not who I am. But also... Um, If I want to party, I could do it here. <laughs> like sure. I could do it here. I could do it anywhere else. So why am I going to go there? And I've always had a problem with thinking that I can go to Cuba. And even though I have really, really extended family, like, you know, sí, four pero... degrees out, I would still feel bad being able to stay in a fancy hotel and they cannot go in that side that hotel right you know you want to talk about apartheid you know there right. is a form of apartheid yeah, in cuba they can't even walk you know, into the lobby like, because let's remind people because you know as we know with the cuban um they have, they have good pr i'll give them that with the cuban you know matter we keep telling the same stories over and over again but people just either don't listen or don't care or just you know move right along let's remind people that cubans are not allowed into these hotels um these fancy hotels especially in Bradero, in restaurants they are not allowed in those hotels now if you're a tourist you can go and stay at the fancy hotel on the beach but if you are a cuban national you cannot go there you are not allowed to go there um so i would just feel bad knowing that mm -hmm. i'm from there and like I can go to these establishments because I have an American passport, but they can't. So that's something that me personally, right. just me and my convictions and my, mm -hmm. you know, values, I would have a problem with that. And yeah, like I, I don't understand the people again with the, unless you have family or, or something like that, mm -hmm. the people, the people that just go party and they go have a good time. And, Pero you know, como tú dices, it's like, Oh, I'm just going to go do the quince's over there. Or mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, just again, party, have a good time. And it's like, look, I, if you escape a country and again, I feel like we, we can only speak to Cuba, but I, I've never, again, I said, I'll say this reiterating what I said earlier. I've never heard of anybody being like, I left country X because of political persecution, but I'm going to be going back there next January, you know, because I'm going to do el, el, la fiesta de la niña. Mm -hmm. No, no, there. no. I know several you know what I mean? people. Like, I, I've never heard anybody like from, you know, Sarajevo. I, I or, know or, several you know. people who have, their daughters 15s and like it was a huge production right because i could it's, understand let's say because these people in particular their grand the, the girl's grandmother still lived in cuba okay. i could understand if like they went to cuba so the, the grandmother can Be she part. can have some time with her grandmother on her 15s right you know I could get that. Right. And, you know, maybe they did, a, they did a little something for her. These people had a full-blown party of, like, hundreds of people because they went with dollars. Right. So they right. bought it. You know, they were able to buy everything. Um, while everybody else in the in, 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 in barrio, you know, starved. Right. You know, they were able not to. Not that night. Not that, that night. You know, the 100 or 200 people that went. And, no, and I saw the, the, the pictures. So, oh, yeah. And, and I know people here that went to Cuba to get married. 
you know, and yeah. then they and then they honeymoon in Maradero. And I'm like, I I am my me with my values, I have a problem with that. You know, I try not to be judgmental because again, my angle of Cuba is different than somebody who was raised there right, and just right, came right, recently. Right, right. Because even though I'm from there and I was born there, I was not raised yeah, there. You came so, in six months. So old. I, I I get it that it's different. Um but yeah, I I I don't understand that either. And it's like they immediately go back. That's the thing that also annoys me. Is like, oh yeah, like they get the you know they get their residency on Monday. They're booking the flight. Yeah, it, and it's very complicated because, you know, I remember it, it's funny because I was having actually this conversation with somebody this week because it's somebody was it with who, Marco Rubio. No, it's somebody actually who he still has. He's younger. He's like 28 years old. Okay. And he actually, he's been in this country only about 10 years. Um, so he was raised in Cuba up to like 17, 18 years old. Yeah, and he still has family in Cuba. And, you know, he was actually, he asked me, how was it in the 80s and the 90s when people would come back from Cuba? And, you know, I told him the story of like when my grandmother's sister first came from Cuba in 1990. Um, De visita. Yes. That was the first time that they had seen each other in 10 years. Wow. Yeah, that was the first time because they left in 1980. She was coming in 1990. So they hadn't seen each other in 10 years. So I remember that back then when you would go to the airport, it was very emotional because these were, families were seeing each other for the first time in decades at this point. Um, You know, because my parents had only been here 10 years at that point, but there's people who had left in the 60s and 70s. My grandparents. So it was even longer. Yeah. Right, and it was in like the late '80s that they really started allowing people to start coming more. So when you would go to the airport, you would see these family reunions right in front of you that were very emotional because these were people that hadn't seen each other in decades. Yeah. And this was a time before cell phones, before WhatsApp, before no social that. media. So yeah, I remember yeah. as a child, my grandmother's only communication with her sister and her family in Cuba were through letters that you would then have to send with someone. Yeah, and many and, times and and. and um, when we would get the letters that my grandmother's sister would write us, I remember they were months old because they would take months old. I remember calling, you know, I've always been the one in my family that does all this type of stuff. I remember being a child and calling the number to get through Cuba and it would take hours and hours and sometimes days to get through. And then when you finally got through, you couldn't talk about anything having to do with the government nope. because they would they were they listening were to the phone calls. Yep. The, yep. All the phone calls were tapped. Yep. And and at any moment they would disconnect the call. Oh, cuando tú estás más feliz en la conversación. Sentence, yeah. they would disconnect yeah, the call. Yeah. So these were the things that we had to deal with that a lot of people now don't deal with because a lot of people now, you know, they they speak to their family through WhatsApp. Yeah. Um I mean, I've told you this uh, this story a few years ago. I was at the gym and these guys were like talking to their buddy through WhatsApp showing themselves working out and the fucking guys were in Cuba. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Like <laughs> but anyway, Lord. so that, that's another topic so for another now, day. So now now like it's a very different experience now than right. like my the experience that my family went through so that's yeah. why i don't like to be it's a bit of a generational trauma too because we saw our families experiencing that mm-hmm. i think we are still carrying that feeling yeah. of like no you don't do this yeah because it, it, it's it, i mean generational trauma i know it sounds very like pop psychology but it is it's true it is true there there's a there's a a, a truth to it whether whether you want to acknowledge it or not but it, yeah. it is it is and you know, again, I I've always thought my parents left communism 
and they never want to look back. So I understand that my parents and a lot of people, my parents' generation, have that hard line attitude. Like, Mm -hmm. we're not going back to Cuba while the government is still there. I totally get it. And I sort of subscribe to that as well. Um, I've wanted to go to Cuba for my own reasons Mm -hmm. and my own research because I really want to research my grandmother's family line. But if I were to go, it would be for that reason, for research. I don't care to go to party. I don't care to go to the nice hotels. I could do that here. I don't need to Mm -hmm. go there and stay in the nice Mm -hmm. resort that other Cubans are not allowed in. Let's, Let's put it very bluntly. I know, I'm not, but it, but 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 I'm I'm not, but but I I try I try not to be I I am and I'm not judgmental. I I don't agree with the people who go to party. I don't agree with the people who go party and go a lucite as you said. I don't get it. I also try to give people a little bit of grace that because I was not actually raised there. Right. I have a different take on it. So I, I like to at least acknowledge that my take is different from somebody who was raised there through adulthood. You know, I was born there, but I was not raised there. So, you know, I, I again, I don't subscribe to the theory that you should go there and party, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. But yeah, I, I had heard that he said that. So, yeah. So I actually. And how uh, much you love agreeing with Marco Rubio? <laughs> Yeah. Every now and then. Every now and then one gets through. You know what? What is it? A a broken clock is right twice a day. Oye, mi gente. So the holidays are upon us. And of course, that means lots of eating. So to talk about that, we have back with us today. I'm actually really excited because we're doing this one in person. Uh, We have Tony Tony Castillo, sports dietitian. He's here on behalf of Florida Dairy Farmers. And... We're going to be talking about my favorite holiday today. I, I'm not going to pr- even pretend we just scarfed down some croquetas. Um, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my all-time favorite holiday. It's, But let's face it. The reason it's my favorite holiday is because of la comelada, right? <laughs> like the eating. And what what are some like tips that you you know we, we can keep in mind so that we can enjoy the holiday but not regret ourselves on Black Friday, right? Cool. Ish. Number one, thanks for having me on again. Lovely to be here. And, of course, we have our Café con Leches. Yes. And actually eating the croquetas hoy, so cheers. Yes, salut. You can hear the glasses clinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cardboard glasses, yes, yes. Yeah. So when we're talking about Thanksgiving, right, it's an American holiday, but we celebrate it here, right? In South yes, Florida, it's a yes. big holiday. So we typically tend to skip meals because we got to save la comelata. We got to get ready and eat, right? And we always hear that the turkey's what makes us tired. Well, it's actually because we eat so much during that meal. What? No. <laughs> Never. Mentira, Nunca, mentira. Yeah. <laughs> so how can we avoid that or how can we stop that overeating but also not feeling tired, especially after eating a Thanksgiving dinner, is by having breakfast. One of the most simple things we can do and we can eat things throughout the day, right? All right. So one of my favorite things to actually eat for breakfast is having nice eggs and with a glass of milk and maybe some yes. toast. Some pan, un tostada, right? Tostada, yes. Café con leche. We get the protein in from the, the milk because, again, remember, milk has eight grams of protein per glass. So very simple to do, very simple to add. And we want that protein so we don't have that hunger needs later on, right? And if we're not really wanting breakfast, then we can snack on things such as cheese, Oh, right? Well, okay, we love Ooh, cheese yeah. on this show. <laughs> It is not a not a secret or a surprise to anyone who's ever listened to the show that we cannot get enough cheese. Like we, <laughs> osteoporosis will not happen to these co-hosts. Okay, 
at all. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, again, just having cheese or having milk are two very simple ways so we're not overeating later on. And, again, we have those nine essential nutrients. We have the calcium that helps our bones stay strong. We have vitamin D that, yes, we get naturally from the sun, but that's why milk is in it because we don't get enough of it. And so many people don't get enough of it that we actually need to have it in that dairy milk. So I love having it at breakfast with my cafe con leche just having a glass, especially if we're going to Americanize it, we can do it with cereal. But because here in South Florida, dime. <laughs> we got we got to do the cafe con leche. I right? mean, and you can have the leche and the cafe con leche, right? Oh, both. So why not? Yeah, yeah, that way so that we're not really getting hungry later on because it has those eight grams of protein. And of course, we were compared to any other milk alternative that only has one gram you're going to have the hangriness come later on and we want to avoid that yeah no i mean thanksgiving is stressful enough with your family there <laughs> you don't want to add hangriness to that to that very you know interesting cocktail um but also i mean speaking of cocktails right you also mentioned another way to prevent that that overeating is to kind of snack throughout yes. the day right and i think you know the, the beauty of, of cheese is that it's not just a snack but it can also just become like almost an appetizer right like a you know once people start arriving at your house for for the dinner you can just put out a charcuterie board. And I think that's probably a, just a really good alternative, right, to putting out, like, let's say, chips. Absolutely. I love doing a cheese charcuterie board. And I'm sure we've seen the butter charcuterie boards. Again, Wait, that's what? another dairy-based product. So when we think about it, yeah, they have a butter board. They literally put butter on a board and you put bread around it and other accoutrements, as you say, uh, and you dip it in the butter. Uh, listeners, my face right now. I've never heard of a butter board, <laughs> but now I want a butter board with banquano. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then some quesito alao, that's the best way to go about it. Again, the, the cheese is going to have that protein that we're looking for so we can avoid that overeating later on. But again, we get those nine essential vitamins and minerals and we get the protein. It's, it's the best bang for our buck. That is awesome. That is awesome. And then you can just eat to your heart's content and, uh -huh. you'll, and you're going to eat less. Yes. Which is the key, right? Because then, yes. then you can't blame the poor dead turkey. <laughs> you absolutely can't. I mean, oh yeah, mira que la culpa guanajo every year, you know? Like, oh, I'm, it's the turkey's fault that I'm tired. Like, no, no, it's yours. Yeah. It's yours. <laughs> it's yours because you overate. Yeah, yeah. And we want to avoid that. It's all about a balance and that's how we fit it into our day and our diet. Yeah, and I think that's something that you know you can even carry through. I mean, I know nowadays people, you know, Black Friday is not as big of a of a thing anymore, but some people still do wake up early to do all of the the Cyber Mondays and all the digital sales. You know, giving yourself that that breakfast with you know maybe just a bowl of cereal and a glass of milk, or even just a glass of milk on its own, I think could be beneficial just even to kind of get you through that that thanksgiving malaise you may be having yes. right like give you that little that energy pick me up and that's exactly as you said that it clicked in my head when i work with some athletes and and most people we're talking about being focused imagine that you're about to go make a holiday purchase and now you have a, a couple boxes of amazon at your house which you forgot what it was even for <laughs> it's that late night that's buying my that life. we want to avoid yeah yeah so the best way to do it, have a glass of milk. It has the protein, so you get focused. It's also one of the most hydrating beverages out there, better than any of the sports drinks. That's right. So a little A-B combo, and it's budget-friendly. So all in all, milk is going to be the best option for you on this Thanksgiving day. Well, there you go. And then I think the, the best way to end this is just to say, you know, we're thankful for dairy. Um, I mean, look, <laughs> look at the how, farmers. <laughs> and for the dairy farmers, I mean, look how much they've given us. You know, it's it's the, the milk, the butter, the cheese. <laughs> also, you know, just the cream and, and the things that go into the, the various, you know, Thanksgiving recipes and, and yes. all of that. So, uh, yeah, never going to go wrong with, with Florida dairy. Uh, never. Right, no, <laughs> at all. All right, Tony. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. And, guys, you know, for myself and Tony and the Florida dairy farmers, happy Thanksgiving. Feliz Thanksgiving. 
It's Thanksgiving again, and one of the many things we're thankful for is farmers that provide us with food and sustenance, especially our Florida dairy farmers. From mashed potatoes to mac and cheese to pumpkin pie, milk, cream, butter, or cheese makes all your Thanksgiving recipes better. Thankfully, incorporating dairy in your family's favorites is easy. Just visit floridamilk.com or lechedeflorida.com for easy and delicious recipes. Happy Thanksgiving from your Florida dairy farmers and Perolami tell you. So speaking of uh, Cuba, let's move on to uh, another Spanish-speaking country. Okay. Um, so last week, I saw something online that really, really upset me. And it just, this goes with, you know, what I've talked about here before that privilege presents itself in many 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 different ways and okay. you know we always talk about white privilege and you know white privilege and white privilege but so, actually there's a lot of different types of privilege and there's you know all types of people no matter their background ethnicity color sometimes have a form of privilege um and the reason i i present this issue that way is because I think you have to have a certain amount of privilege to make these type of statements, and I'll, okay. I'll elaborate further. So this week, uh, Mario Lopez. Oh, okay. Mario Lopez. AC Slater. AC Slater had to go online on his Twitter or whatever and make a statement that he is Mexican-American, that his parents are both Mexican, and he was, was born, he was born in a border town and that he identifies himself, he identifies as Mexican-American. Yeah. And he even said, my name is Mario Lopez. Like, what did you think I was? The reason why he had to identify and make this statement is because he had been posting a lot of things recently, I guess, about food. Mm -hmm. obviously particularly mexican food okay so people started coming at him like oh you know you're american why are you talking about mexican food mind you none of these people are probably mexican Most likely um, not, yeah. why are you talking about mexican food oh you know maybe your great great grandparents were mexican and you're a whitewashed version of that you know trying to claim your mexican you know ancestry a bunch of people came at him that he had to go out there put out a statement. and put out a about statement about his own ethnicity. About his own ethnicity. And his parents are born in Mexico. I'll say right? yeah. we're talking Gen 1 here. Yes. And I was like, who the hell do you think that you are to tell someone who in this case is Latin, like us, that they are not Mexican in this case, you know, in this case, Mexican, right, right. they are not Mexican enough. You know, that my friend is a form of privilege that you think that you think that you know better than that person and that you're calling them out for them talking about their culture. It's like, can we just talk about the audacity and the yes, privilege that that, that 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 opinion comes from? It's like, you don't need to, if I was Mario Lopez, like, you know, Mario Lopez is very like, eh, host of extra, I, yeah. right? My, actually, he talked about that. Oh, yeah. Because he was saying, I'm the host of extra. I can't be in there, you know, talking Mexican slang and saying all these things. Right. Right. That's like if I hosted, you know, um, Good morning, America. Ho Hall uh, Hollywood, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, Sere, que pasa, you know, oh, yeah, bro. Like, that's right. not how, you know, there's a time and place for everything. And there's a separate conversation to be had about why that 
why that does or doesn't happen. Right. That's a separate conversation. Right. But, but to say that somebody is not, in his case, Mexican-American enough because of the way that he speaks, it's like, how dare you? How dare you question my ethnicity? Right. Because I don't fit the stereotype that right. you think that I should be. Right, because right. that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. Because that person doesn't fit the mold and the stereotype that you think yeah. that that person should be. You're saying that they are, in his case, a whitewashed version of somebody who's trying to be Mexican. But no, this he is, is Mexican, yeah. and you don't get to tell somebody how, how they identify. Right? right? Nobody gets to tell me how Cuban I am or I'm not. And I guarantee, especially somebody who's not Cuban or I somebody who's and not. I, Latin. And I guarantee you. I guarantee you that the majority of the people making those statements are probably not even Hispanic not. or Latino, number one. They're also the same ones who will turn around. And and I agree with this sentiment. So please, by all means, don't send us letters. Um, we'll turn around and be like, if your child says they're transgender, you have to believe them. Okay, mm -hmm. wait a minute. So that's you have to believe. But when I tell you what I mm -hmm. am, oh, no, you don't fit the mold. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very similar in, in, in the same insulting way as when people are like, you know, oh, well, so-and-so doesn't sound black. Well, well, what, is that, well, what does that mean? That reminded, what does that mean? Well, that reminded me of, and I think I've said the story here. I mean, I know I've said it to you. That reminded me of, an, you know, a situation that I had, you know, some years ago that I was, you know, working within certain circles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't identify as Latinx. I identify as Latin. That is a or word Hispanic. that I, that is a word that I choose to use to identify myself. Latin. Right. That's a word I've always used. If you want to identify as Latinx, I will call you Latinx till the cows come home. You know, I was schooled by two white woman women in Minnesota. One was in Minnesota. One was was Wisconsin. I was schooled by them. You know. Because they were upset that I did not use the word Latinx, that and I'm like, they wanted to, to identify as myself, and I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, you know, um, white women, white women from Minnesota and Wisconsin, you don't get to tell me, a foreign-born immigrant, how I should identify, because that, my friend, is the ultimate form of privilege. You don't get to tell me how I identify. Yeah, you and know? that's whatever the white woman version of mansplaining you know, Cassidy is. from Wisconsin, you know, like, so I just. Thought Thought this was such bullshit, you know. It's insane that, that he had to make this statement. And then, you know, I, I when I was reading on that, I didn't know this, even though I watched Saved by the Bell. I didn't know there was an episode in the new in the college yes, years. Yes, I remember the episode. where he talked about his his ethnicity. Yeah. Uh, well, the character of AC Slater, yeah. but obviously that was because of Mario. Because he starts, um, he 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 petitions the the university for a Chicano studies course or something of that right. nature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that that there was a whole episode, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I watched the college years, but somehow <laughs> I don't remember that episode. Um, and then they they also talked about other roles and other things that he's done that um were his ethnicity. City um, and his Mexican Mexican heritage were very front and center, mm -hmm. and you know there's a conversation to be had about Latin actors playing certain roles because I've 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 talked about this here. I love the remake of Magnum PI. Oh yeah, and Jay Hernandez plays that role, and I I love that show. I, I and I really like Jay Hernandez, and Jay Hernandez is you know he he's Latino, he, yeah, he's Latino, and he talks about being Latino, but the role of Magnum they. They don't address that at all. One way or the other. One way or the other, they don't address it. So there is a conversation to be had as like, okay, well, you could say that, oh, well, but look at this primetime show on a major network. You know, it's it's uh, the, the main actor is a Latino right. actor. Okay, that's great, but 
how relevant is that to the storyline, if at all? It's not at all. Right. So that's another conversation that I think is a valid one, but to, this whole thing just really, really upset me. What is people's obsession, you think, with wanting to tell, I guess I'm answering my own question, wanting to tell you what to do, what you are, because who you are, and how goes, you that, should feel about yourself. That goes back to what you and I always say. The best thing about the internet is that it gave everybody a voice. The, the worst, worst thing, thing about the internet, yeah. everybody a voice. Yeah. Because, you know, people just need to say something. They need to say something. And even if what's coming out of their mouth is complete garbage and shit, you know, they feel they need to say something. And, you know, like I would never, ever imagine telling someone, you know, oh, you're not Italian enough. Or, oh, right. you're not, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Right, right, right. You know, you're not. You're not really X. You, right. right. I, right. I would never in a million years think about saying that. Why do you think, like, what do you think gives you the right to say yeah. that? It's privilege. Yeah. It, it, it is a form of privilege. Privilege comes in many, many, you know, many no, shapes yeah. and forms and sizes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. No, and to, to quote five of the best philosophers in recent history, you know, who do you think you are? Some kind of superstar? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, Mario Lopez. <laughs> Mario Lopez. I mean, good for. I, it's sad. It's sad that he had to even release a statement, basically saying like, "Yeah, hi, my last name's Lopez. That means I'm actually do you Latino." Remember, do you remember what AC Slater stood for? Albert Clifford. Yeah, I forgot who I. I forgot also, who it was that wait. I said it was air conditioner. Uh, we should have all known he was Mexican because uh, Dorothy's Bornak got him deported. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. In um, the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls. Yes. yes. Accidentally. Yes. But she got him to Well, there we go. Another another Mexican-centric. Um, yes, role. Role. Yeah. Yeah. He, wasn't he, I'm thinking of somebody else. Wasn't there a storyline in the Golden Girls of a wrestler? Boxer. boxer. Um, he was a Cuban boxer, and he, but he also played the violin. And Sophia uh, bought him in a like in a I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's great that I think it was in the. Pilot. And then he went on to play Enrique Mas. <laughs> I think it was um, in the pilot of the Golden Girls. They had a chef, a gay chef. Yeah, yeah, like, for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. Four women in one house. They need a chef. You know what? We I I don't think we ever talked about the Golden Girls. What neighborhood was their house set in? To me, okay, I, they never said. 
But to me, their neighborhood is set in like like the Miami, like the the northern Miami Beach type, like like where where my friends' parents used to live. Uh-huh. To me, like by the river. Okay, I thought that too. You are you thinking that because of the opening shot? Probably yes. Right. Yes, but I think that the North Miami Beach that you're talking about on Indian Creek River, Indian Creek, thank you. Um, I think that would have been too expensive for them. Well, no, because Blanche came from money. George, oh, yes, George had money. That was Blanche's house. Yes. You think so? That's the only neighborhood that makes sense. But they never talked about being a waterfront property. Well, no, not not necessarily that they were like on the river, but like they were like that area like maybe they more could, inland they could also be south miami like pinecrest yeah like old cutler road okay okay i could but see where that. like pinecrest gardens is that yes i could see that house being there okay that that makes sense yeah that makes sense but then see here's where the flip side though no see now i'm gonna go back to northern miami <laughs> because the 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 house empty nest they lived in the same neighborhood and that house did not look like it's from pinecrest that looked more miami beach north miami area mm, yeah but in pinecrest they have some newer construction of houses that were being um or old color road that were being remodeled and they he was a doctor okay All right. so you know Okay. I mean, he could have worked and he could have had a house. Both both are nice neighborhoods. That's right. I totally think that that hospital, though, was in Palmetto. Mm. But then again, the, one of the reasons why I, I was skewed to North Miami Beach is because I could see them. I mean, listeners, you have to be from <laughs> Miami to really get this conversation. I could see them going to Wolfie's. Well, which, they, they which mentioned. Now is closed. They mentioned in the show, yes. Right. Yes. I could see them going to Wolfie's. Yeah. But then there's one episode where Sophia is like the day counselor at an old folks' home and she. They walk to Hialeah with the old people for for uh, uh, oh no for maybe, coffee. Maybe they lived in Miami Lakes. <laughs> maybe that house could also be a Miami that house Lakes. could be Miami Lakes. That yeah, could be Miami Lakes. Can you imagine if the Golden Girls lived in Miami Lakes? <laughs> they were just up the street from Hialeah. I feel that if they were up the street from Hialeah, I mean that would have been amazing. That would have been great if that show was remade today. That's probably actually where they would have to situate it more, more like the Gables Kendall area. Like I don't think you would have to situate it somewhere real because I feel like nowadays you have to ground it in a neighborhood mm-hmm. to give it that sense of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder when the writers were coming up with the Golden Girls. Like, why did they pick Miami? I mean, I guess the whole old people retire. Yeah, Miami, but not yeah. Boca. Like it would, Boca would have been a more, and you're talking about Miami in the mid 80s, which was very Miami Vice at this time. True. Yeah, you're and, right. You know, Miami Vice was on NBC. Literally, they're, yeah. You know, yeah. so they're like, that's not another Miami. But the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> would it have been great if like Miami Vice would have had like a cameo? <gasps> a crossover. A crossover. That would have been great. That would have been great. It would have been the same network. Now I'm wondering how that would have even happened. Maybe the talks happened, but it never materialized. It never materialized. I feel like Don Johnson wanted too much money for apagadas. <laughs> oh my god, that's such a great word. That's such a great. Did he have apagadas? Of course, I had apagadas. Okay, actually, so <laughs> I wanna I wanna mention that now that we're talking about that. So I had mentioned this to you before, but I thought this would be something fun to talk talk about in the podcast. Yep. So. Um, my kid is watching Stranger Things. Oh, I that's finally right. Finally, got him to watch Stranger Things. So he's a little bit behind. Um, well, but he'll be caught up. He started. No, he's like going to be caught yeah. up as of today. <laughs> like, oh, sure. yeah, he's already like a few episodes from finishing season four. So I had seen the first season of, of Stranger Things. Um, mm-hmm. Same, but I didn't see the rest of it. And the other day, again, he's like in season four. Um, 
this guy Hopper mm-hmm. was wearing this shirt that was like it had like pink on it. It was like a short sleeve shirt and it had pink and it had like aqua blue and all that. And I look at it and I go to him, are they in 1986? I wasn't even sure what season they were in, but I know it started in 1983 and I know that the show moved in years. Correct. Yeah. Right. So I look look at Hopper. I'm like wearing his snazzy shirt. And I go to Tristan. I'm like, are they in 1986? And he's like, yeah. How did you know? And I'm like, because I lived it. And I was like, 1986. 1986 had a very, very different aesthetic than 1983. Yes. Yeah, yeah, completely different. Because by 1986, we already had Miami Vice, right? And we already had those colors. Yeah, 83 still had remnants of the 70s. Well, no, and and also I think 83 still had that sort of um, I don't know monochrome sort of. Okay, it wasn't you know it was very I don't know. Come on, Eileen. There, <laughs> like, there was still shag carpeting in 83. Yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't colorful. Okay, right, right. right, right. Um, but in 86, just three years later. It was pop of color. It, it right? was there was pink hues yeah. everywhere. Right, it's it's, it's the color pa- palette that people think of when they think of the eighties. Yes, right. Yes, like hey, like I think. Of, do you remember the Facts of Life? Like that story over had, our over our heads. Yeah, yes. that had like the flamingos yes. and all that. Yep. Flamingos were very big in the mid. They were. They were very big. They were big. Excuse me. Flamingos were in in eighty six, but not in eighty three. No, no, no. And I think about now, like we're in two thousand twenty three. Like in twenty twenty. Like, it wasn't that big of no difference at all whatsoever in colors and color palettes and aesthetics. But I feel that in the 80s, I think that the 80s, I've had this conversation before. I'll be curious to think what, you know, to know what listeners think. Like, I think the 80s, think about 1980 and think about 1989. Like, it was so different. Very different. Like, 1989 even though it was 33, 34 years ago, still feels a lot more current than 1980. Yes. And then I think of 1990 and 1999, and obviously there was a difference, but it doesn't feel as big. It's not as pronounced. As like yeah. 80 to 89. Yeah. It feels le- it feels less pronounced. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that just happens. I think of technology has a lot to do with sure. it. Because technology now, you know, the 90s and the early aughts were like an age of technology sort of revolutionizing everything. Right. But I think technology in some aspects, like at least everyday technology, has sort of plateaued. Mm-hmm. Now it's enhancements of already existing technology. Correct. Correct. It's not new technology. Right. It's not like 8-track and now a CD player. Right. It's sort of like the iPhone now 16 iPhone, coming right. up. <laughs> so now <laughs> instead of having phone. a 4K display, it has an 8K display right. yeah, yeah, that we yeah. can't tell the difference because our retinas can. can yeah. But you know. It's but fair. yeah. But yeah. It was, he was very like, how did you know it was 1986? And I'm like, yeah, because I lived I it, lived bro. I lived it. I was there. <laughs> I, I was, was there. there. I remember. I had that shirt. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, that shirt or something like it. For and I sure. had my members only jacket. Oh, members only. They tried coming back. They did? For a minute. It didn't take. It didn't? No. I didn't know they tried coming back. Yeah. So um, I want to bring up something that we have talked about here on the show before. Okay. But today we're revisiting a lot of old topics. But we are revisiting. So I saw an article this week that called Tipping Fatigue. Okay. And I... um. Again, we had talked about this again. Uh, I think we talked about it last year. Um, you know, we had, both, year. we had both said that we both agree, and, and I very much stand by this. I think if you're a server at a restaurant, you deserve 20% and more. Yes. Like, 
I think yes. we're, we're both on the same page there that servers, people that provide some type of mm-hmm. food and beverage service, especially, or, or provide a service for you specifically. Right. But if like you are a, a hotel, you know, hotel, yes, uh, the, room the, attendant, the stewards, like yes. things like that, yes. they deserve the 20% and more, and I am more than happy to give it to them. Right. Right. But however, if you're a cyborg arm that makes coffee, right. no. And if you remember my whole, my whole, um, my whole, um, Entrance to that conversation was that I had ordered sushi. Yes, that's right. A that's sushi right. platter that was like two hundred bucks, and you had tipped, and, and, and I tipped ten dollars. Right. But this was a sushi platter that I ordered. I went to pick it up. Right, you, I picked it up from the counter. I took it to my car. Like, right, there was no delivery. There was no right. delivery. Correct, I correct, went correct. to the restaurant. I picked it up. Um, again, I took it to my car. Right. It's not like they even brought it to my you car. You literally right. did the heavy lifting. Right. And the, they gave me like attitude because I only gave right. a ten dollar tip. Right. So, and you had talked a couple of weeks ago about that you were in New York. Yeah, yeah. The, the the robot. That, the robot. That, so, they wanted you to tip the robot so, arm. So I went to the dentist this week. And Are you kidding me? When I went to go pay my copayment in the little you know tablet because it's all when you see a, an iPad, beware. The tip is coming. The tip is coming. And that sounds um, so I went to the. Oh my god! I went to you know put in my card, and it asked me to leave a tip at the dentist at the dentist office. So I apropos I, of what? So I was like, is this tip for the dentist or for like the staff? Uh, to me, that's irrelevant. What are you tipping for? Yeah, what are you tipping I just put for? Skip. I just put Good. skip. Good. What are you tipping for? Because like I even thought, was this because they got this new program and they just haven't taken that prompt out? Like they just kept going next, yeah, next, and you next. You know what else I've noticed? Um, the Jimmy John's that I go to mm-hmm. on some type of frequency, when you put in your card, mm-hmm. before it even asks you for your PIN number, it asks you. Like, you put in your card and the first screen that comes out is tip. So they're not even, you don't even have to verify who you are yet. Yeah, no, tip. I'm still stuck on the dentist. I want to yeah. know what you're tipping for. Yeah. What? I, what is the service that know. you're tipping for? I just for? put skip. I wasn't going to be like, I'm not tipping you, but what are you tipping for? But I just put skip. And I was like, you know... Was extra you, fluoride? You know, why, you know why this really bothers me? That's ridiculous. You, you know why this bothers me? Because you, again, you and I have talked about it. And you know how you always say we have the finger on the pulse. But then I read this article this week. Mm-hmm. And then, so obviously you're not, the, you and I aren't the only ones right, talking right, about right, this. Right, this is something right, that right, everybody's talking right, about. Right. And everybody's feeling it. I mean, I, I read the article on NBC.com. Right. Right. About tipping fatigue. What bothers me the most about this is that people are getting fed up with all this excessive tipping. And you know who it's going to hurt? It's going to hurt the people who really need the tips. Thank you. It's going to hurt the waiters. Thank you. You know, it's going to hurt the people that work in hotels. Yeah. It's going to work. The bartenders. People, the mm-hmm. bartenders. People that work in the service industry. People yeah. that really do yeah. l- need tips to to sustain Survive. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's who it's going to hurt. Because you're tipping all over the place. You're, you're sort of over it. And... And then the people that you and it's really an expectation do, now. Yes, the people that you really need to tip, I think, are the ones that are going to lose out on this. You're and it's right. just really unfortunate. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I it, it, it's it's that thing of like the pendulum swinging. It's it's like it, there the the tipping is trying to overcorrect right the lack of pay, mm-hmm. which the lack of pay should be overcorrected. It by, is very much an issue. Should be corrected by paying people what they should earn. Right. But they're trying to use tipping to 
compensate for that. I still don't know what the hell they're doing it for at the dentist office. I really would love to know that one. So what's going to happen now is unfortunately, right, people are going to stop tipping to your point or, or tip less. And then now these people are going to be faced with the same predicament that they were in before, which right. is I'm not earning enough to sustain my life. Forget a lifestyle, my life. Yes, yes. So back to the dentist's office. So am I supposed to leave 20% of my co-payment, of my deductible, <laughs> or of what's billed? <laughs> so if I'm getting a root canal wow. and the dentist is charging the insurance company $1,400, so is my tip 20% of that or is it 20% of my co-insurance? That's a great question. Or my deductible. See, now that's, that's the question you should ask. Right. The question shouldn't even be there. No, I know. But for the purposes of, of, of yeah. our show, I would love to know yeah. the answer to that. Yeah. Your dentist. The dentist. I'd rather tip the robot arm making coffee. At least it's doing coffee. It's just ridiculous. It really, really is. And then, again, the people who are losing out are the people who really need it. And then, um, you know... I, it puts you in a position that that's very uncomfortable because you don't want to be that person. Right. I, I, you know why I especially don't want to be that person? Because I have always, and you know this, I have always taken pride at tipping and tipping well. Yes. That's something that has always been my little, I give you 20, at least 20%, even if you're not good, right? Right. I, I will give you at least 20%, like hands down. I've always... That's like something I always prided myself on that I tip well. But now you're put in positions and in predicaments that it's like, okay, so if I don't tip, I'm a bad person. Like, you know. Not to mention that the minimum on these screens now starts at 18. 15, yes. 15 yes. is no longer the, yes. the where the, where you're starting off at. Yes. Um in in these machines. Yes. So so I also wanted to bring up uh, another little little nugget of joy that yeah, I had. You had a lot of experiences this I week. Had this week, well, but that's what our show's about. That is what the show's about. And how is everybody doing, by the way? I think everybody's good. They're like, I maybe I'm off next week. They don't, you know, some people are off the full week. Que rico. I know. Must be nice. Yeah, que rico. Van a comer mucho pumpkin pie. Ay, que rico. Some, some sweet potato with marshmallows and mac and cheese. Do you like pumpkin pie? I love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie, too. Have you ever made pumpkin pie? Not from scratch. And you did once, and I've I will never it from, do it. I've made it from scratch a couple of times, like completely from yeah, scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. I've made it from like the, the can, you know. No, that's not from scratch. No, no, no. Digo, I've made pumpkin pie. Like, yo compré la calabaza. Right. I cut it up. I roasted it. Then, you know, I I pureed it. I added all types of stuff to the puree. Then I made the the... The crust from scratch using right. Crisco. Like I did the whole thing. It was good. It came mm, out but, good. But there's no difference. But you know what? You buy a Marie Callender's frozen pie and you heat that shit up and that is good. Hi, Chico. Just do the little latica. Do something homemade. <coughs> no, because you know what? Me. Me. My whole problem with semi-homemade pies is the crust. I think that that crust that they sell... That's already like... Well, but you can make the crust and then the rest of it... Yeah, but the crust is part of the hard part. (laughs) Oh, well... I mean, have you ever made crust with lard? Rolling that shit out is not easy. I've never made it with lard, but I made it with um, with almond flour. I've made it with almond flour. Get out of here with that. I did. Well, because Jose was having stomach issues. Right. Yes. You you didn't really make a crust. You made an, an, an... Another type of crust. Listen, the, don't the, Mario no. Lopez explain no. to me no, what no, I did no, no, or no, didn't no. do. A crust is done. A crust for a pie, first of all, is done with lard, with Crisco, right? If you're not using Crisco, then you're not doing 
A pie crust is a crust that is in a pie. Okay, right. And they I have, made a pie crust. Right. And, you know, they have cakes that you can just, you know, pancakes that you could just add water, right? And then they have pancakes I, that have like 25 ingredients. I made a, crust, a, I made a pie crust out of almond flour. Right. You also made cupcakes with room temperature butter, yes. right? And when they didn't come out right, you wondered, mm, what could it be? Oh, I melted the butter and put it at room temperature. No, that's not room temperature butter. It is room temperature butter. It's not what they meant, but it's room temperature. <sighs> you know, you know what happens with me and cooking and you? We have to say this story. Come on, let's say the story. About the mac, mac and cheese. Oh, the mac and cheese. Okay, so yes. last yeah. week, last week we were doing a video for, yep, for our friends at Florida, um, Dairy. Florida Dairy. And, you know, we, we set up the video, you know, and we do these little videos. It takes, and all, it takes time. This is like done frame by frame. Like you it's do a process. Like, like we don't have a storyboard, but we do have like written down what we're gonna do and all that. It's like it's there is a process. Right. There is a process. So that day we were kind of in a hurry, right? <laughs> and um, and I'm like, okay, well, we're in a hurry, but this is what we got to do. We right. got to shoot the content, right? right? And um, we were going to make mac and cheese. We did make mac we, and we, cheese. We, we, we made did. mac and cheese. So he was like in a hurry and he was getting in his bossy pants, you know, attitude with me. And, you know, I'm there shooting, you know, we're there shooting the content. Right. And... Um, you know, we started the we started boiling the water to put in the mac and cheese. We filmed it. Then we, you know, we started filming all the ingredients, right. and then I started making the roux. And then he gives a little little snarky comment like, "Oh, you know, next time we do something like this, we have to be more concise and like, you know, just have everything, everything ready to have go. everything yeah. ready to go." And yeah. I was like, "But we do have everything ready to go. I'm making a roux, which is butter and flour." And then I'm going to make a cheese sauce. And he was like, but why do you need to do that? And I'm like, I've never made mac and cheese from scratch. Because we're making mac and cheese. And he was like, oh, but you have to have all those extra steps. And I'm like, I, I was trying to process in my head. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about extra steps? This is how you make mac and cheese. You have to make a roux. Then you add milk. Then when it gets hot, you start slowly adding cheese. Right. And you melt it. And then you put the mac and cheese in. He was like, what? He thought that you cook the pasta right. and you just add cheese to it and just right? kind of blend it together. And that's when I, I like I was you, like, you put two and two together. I put right. two and two together. Okay, it's when you don't be also like, oh, why are you putting so many extra steps to it? I'm like, dude, I'm not putting any extra steps to this. I'm like, literally making a roux, adding milk, and then adding cheese. There's no extra steps to this. And, and I was like. This is how you make, this is like the most basic mac and cheese ever. And that's when I was like, Esperate un momentico. You've never made mac and cheese, You've have you? have never made mac and cheese. I'm like, did you think that making mac and cheese was just boiling the pasta and then adding shredded cheese to it? Like, you thought that, didn't you? He's like, yeah, I did. I did. And I was like, I really that's did. why there's so many at, at, at the supermarket. There's like instant mac and cheese. Right. And there's like all these like already main mac and cheese that you just have to add to the, the microwave. Because mac and cheese is one of those things that like it's not hard to do, but it does so have many steps that are, are very simple. And once you know how to do it, you just do it Pero in automatic. You go on autopilot, but... Yes, it's not boiling the pasta and adding the cheese. Yes. And I think it's so cute that, you know, so funny that he um, <laughs> he knows nothing about food, but yet he co-owns a uh, chicken biz business. I do, I do. And he does it very well. Yes. Well, you know, look, we all have our role to play. Pero tú de verdad para la comida eres un alfabeto. 
<laughs> you really do. Because I'll never forget, like, you know, when we started this whole chicken business that is great. wing thing, that I was, like, stressing out about the heat of the oil. <laughs> and you were like, but it's frying. And I'm like, Ishmael, it's frying, but the temperature is, like, at 250. And he's like, oh, but that's really hot. And I'm like, oh, my God. He doesn't know that if the... <laughs> If the oil is not super hot, then the food comes out greasy. And I think you were like, but why? It's already in oil. I'm like, like, do it. Just fry it already. Just go. And I'm like, oh, my God. Make the chicken fry. He doesn't know what flash frying is. Like, no. (laughs) I have learned more about food in the year and a half, two years that we've been doing bimbam boil (laughs) than I have my entire life. In In terms of the prep. Yes. Yeah. Well, you could eat it. Yeah. You could eat the food, but yeah, yes, it's, it's, it takes its time, but that's okay. You know, we, we're not so born listeners, knowing, we're listeners, not born what knowing he did, what he did a couple of years ago. And it, it's funny because it was sort of endearing. This was during the pandemic. Wasn't it was, it? yeah, it was during the yeah. pandemic. He wanted to be a hero and he was like, you know, like many people, he went into like a baking, yep. a baking. I made lemon, it was lemon curd, uh, Cupcakes, I think. And he very nicely, like, did these cupcakes. And he was so excited to drop off the cupcakes for everyone. And he brought the cupcakes. And I think he I left even, it at the door. I did. Well, yeah, because this was, like, during, like, pa- during like pr- the prime of the pandemic. And I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was strawberry cupcake. It was a strawberry cupcake with a lemon curd in the middle. Right. Yeah. And it was completely flat. Like, flat. The flavor wasn't off, but the, the, the cupcake was flat. Right, it just yeah, it looked yeah. wrong. Although the flavor wasn't off. And I was like trying to figure out, I'm like, what did he do wrong? Because, you know, baking is one of those things that like, even if you know how to bake, the smallest little misstep will completely mess everything up. And I'm like, I wonder what he did wrong. (laughs) Like, I was trying to figure it out. And then I remember I talked to you, you were like, well, because this is what it was. You were like, yeah, they came out a little flat. I'm not sure why. They were, and they were kind of dense. Yes, yeah. They were very dense. Yeah, they were kind they were of dense. hockey yeah. puckish. Yeah. And um, he, you were like, I don't know. Like, I just had to put butter and it was like room temperature butter. And I was like, and what did you do with this room temperature I butter? love that you immediately were like, room temperature, explain that to me. Yeah. Yeah. You were, like, were like, yeah, I got it out of the fridge and I put, put it in, in the, the microwave. microwave. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, like, did you think that putting butter in the microwave? In my defense. Was room temperature butter? In my defense, I barely passed chemistry in high school. So I'm like, no. Barely. Room temperature butter means that the butter is at room temperature. It still has a solid, but it's soft. No, melted butter and solid room temperature butter are not the same thing. No. And they're not going to yield the same results. No, I know this now. But now they won't happen to you again. No, it only took a pandemic for me to learn. I just imagine you trying to make, let's say, buttercream <laughs> with melted butter. <laughs> not the worst soup I've ever had. <laughs> Why isn't this creaming? So, so actually, speaking of desserts, so yes, as I said, there's something I want to bring up this week. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. Because this is my uh, bitching corner. This is bitch corner. <laughs> but you know what, though? You and I, actually, by having Bean Bamboyo, and, you know, we were, we're already going on a, 
We've been doing this for two years already. We know about food costs. We know. We, yes. l- listen, we, especially you. Oh, my God. When I go to a restaurant and I see how much they're charging for wings, I immediately, I start to, like, back backtrack the cost. We know and- about food costs, how, like, the smallest, smallest little thing makes a whole difference, you know? Yep. Something can be 50 cents more this week yeah. that you think, oh, it's just 50 cents. But when you add it up, it, it means a lot. So we know very well firsthand the the difference that food costs can yeah, make the impact the impact inflation we know all that so i went to a bakery today and um it's a very well-known local bakery here in miami yep. it has a, a, a chain it has a woman's name and we'll leave it at that and um Glot- and this bakery <laughs> and um Bueno, you know, there's La Rosa Bakery on Flagler. That's true. But we're not talking about La Rosa Bakery. <laughs> but anyway, um, and that's been there since 1969. So, you know, you never know. That's true. So, I go there. And, you know, it's a Cuban bakery. Like, Cuban bakeries for us, it's like one of these things that I don't really look at price because it's a Cuban bakery. Like How expensive can it be? How expensive right. can un pastelito be? Right, right. Right? So... I um, there was a flan that I, I wanted to take to the office, and this was your regular round flan. This wasn't like a quarter sheet flan. <laughs> this wasn't you know. This was like your regular round flan that you know, like the size of the Keebler. Uh, the like, like the, the, royal the width of the Royal Donsk, right? Yeah. you know the Royal Donsk. It was like right. maybe that you know. The, okay, the, okay. The, 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 the circumference. The, yes, of it, the area of it. Um. This wasn't a huge flung, whatever. The flung, traditional flung. The traditional flung. Nothing added to it, nothing. Okay. It was $27. That's insane. That is insane. The girl who got it for me, she she, you know, she took it out. It right, came in one right. of those like loud plastic containers. She even put a lot of um saran wrap on it. Okay. So none of the, you know, the flung juice yeah. caramelo leaked out. And when she went to ring it up, she looked at like the price that was still in the fridge, you know, marked. And she looked at it. And she's like, hold on, let me verify the price. And she, to her credit, called somebody who I guess was a manager or whatever. She called on the phone someone and asked them how much that was. Mm-hmm. And it was $27. That's ridiculous. And she looked at me and she goes, I'm sorry, this is $27. And I go, well, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that you wrapped this up right, and took right. that, but I'm not going to pay $27 for a flan. As a fucking Cuban from Miami, it is against my you want to talk about convictions. the fiber yeah. of my being to pay $27 for a flan. When anybody in a corner, <laughs> I could knock on my neighbor's door and they're going to make me a flan, right? Right, right? $27. And you know, I sort of put these people on blast on my personal Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said something along the lines of like, look, this is $27 and this is a lot of money. And you know what? You're you're now a very established bakery in Miami. Don't forget the community that put you there. Because you know what? A $27 flung, that is not inflation. That is not, you know, That's food capricho. prices going up. That's... Taking advantage. That's of people. capricho. Yeah. That's taking advantage of people, right? Because look, I, I we're not we don't expect things to be the same price. They were even three years ago. Mm-hmm. They're not. 
They're right, not. Right, right, so right. yes, right. things are going to go up in price. They're going to be a few dollars more. I get that. I completely understand that. But $27 for a flan is just wrong. That is wrong. You are we taking, did the math. You are taking advantage of your customers. And you know what? I think that when something like that happens, you need to, very, in a very decent way, you need to call people out because that is taking advantage of that. And, you know, I... I'm not that person to go on Instagram and complain about people and call people out. That's just not my style. But I was so upset at this because this is like a bakery chain that was create, you know, like community based, right, right, right? right? That grew because of people. And who are the people who who are usually the people that will go to Cuban bakeries and Cuban panaderias, la familia, people that don't have a lot of money, you know, together Cuban bread, together sí. little pastries. Y coño, you're charging. $27 for a flan and this was not even in like let's say Brickell or Miami Beach this was in the middle of suburbia right, right, right. And, and I just thought I, I, look I thought it was just wrong that that that's not a $27 flan is not your food costs are high that you're taking advantage of your customers so I just thought that I really needed to say Get that. that off I called it flan gate I have you know? I haven't stopped thinking about it since you, since you brought it up and it What is a flan? It's milk, sugar, and eggs. Uh, yeah, and, and con, what, the most expensive part of what? It's, the con, it's, it's condensed, condensed milk. It's condensed, condensed milk is the most milk. expensive one. It's condensed milk, regular milk, eggs, and sugar. And let me just tell you, remember some months ago that eggs like quadrupled in right, price? Right. Eggs are not that price anymore. No, eggs are not. back to they're what not. they no, used no, no, to be. No, 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 no. You and I did the math. We literally, because I was like, no, no. Agarra una calculadora, and we started like sacando la cuenta. What really upsets me with that is at the end, of, it's, it's twofold. It's a couple things. Number one, you're in Miami where you're shooting yourself in the foot as a business by charging that much because, as you said, you can literally just knock on your neighbor's door and be like, hey, can you make me a flung? Mm -hmm. so, Which is probably going to be amazing. Amazing and significantly cheaper. Mm -hmm. So you're not even in a market que tu diga, bueno, this is Topeka, Kansas. Mm -hmm. There's two people who know how to make a flung. Mm-hmm. That's you're, it. You're paying for the exclusivity. You're paying for the, the expertise, right? The exclusivity. You know, you got to pay the $27 because where else are you going to go? Do you think that you're going to get that that price is going to be attractive to your customers? Mm -hmm. It's not. Because again, you live in a community, you're in a community, a city where you can just get that across the street anywhere. And, and not just can you get from your neighbor, you can literally just go to Publix and get one. Yeah. Now, granted, I know mass produced versus blah blah blah. What I I I, I there's a lot of no no no. But, but wait, wait, but this is mass produced no, too. No 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 no. But because this is a bakery chain with like no, many. I know. This I know. Is, this is a bakery chain with many uh, locations. So this is mass produced too. I, I know, but what I'm saying is I, I I can hear the arguments, and so I'm trying to cut them off at the at the pass. But this is not La Abuelita making artisanal flans from flans from her kitchen. I would rather pay her twenty seven dollars. Yeah, I rather too. I'd rather pay her $27. Right. This is a very successful local chain here right. in, in Miami. Right. Right? That is selling a $27 flung. Yeah. We actually I look I looked up you, I looked up prices. Yes, you did. There's cakes at Bashore that are close in price to that. They you could get for that amount of money, you could get an in, or close to that amount of money, an entire cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory. You can get, you um, get a, a small there, sampler of there's, um There's a very good bakery in Kendall called a Bonjour. Mm -hmm. That's a French bakery. You can get a really delicious like mousse cake there. For about um, the same price. For about the same price. Right. This is a flan. A flan. Right. This is not... You know, some Patisserie. artisanal, you know, or, or 
this is not a cake that requires a certain amount of skill sí, no, to decorate, right? To decorate, right? To to make flowers or whatever. Right, right. This is a flan that all you do is flip over. Right? Sure. So there's not even a decorating element. Ta- like element to this. You're right. Right? You literally got eggs, milk, and sugar, put it in a blender, put it in a in a, in base, a <laughs> and, and call it a day and put it in the oven. Yeah. And un baño maria, which is water. Yeah. Right? Right. And you're charging me $27 for that. So as I say, this is not that $27 flung. That's not inflation. That's not a rise in food cost. Inflation would have been if it would have been a couple of dollars more. Right. Instead of right. 10, it's 12 or whatever. Right. right. A $27 flung that's a normal size is ripping off your customers. It's taking advantage of your customers' good faith and trying to make a profit out of it. Because there is nobody who's going to come and tell me that that price is justified by an increase of food costs. Because we we did the math. We like did you the, and I did the math. And we did the math using retail, not yes, wholesale. Using retail, not wholesale. Not wholesale. So... Good luck with your $27 plan because I am paying for it. <laughs> like. The holidays are here, and it's time for all of our favorite Cuban traditions. Lechón en la caja china, crema de vie, all the flan. And this holiday season, make Kawi Lemon Line part of your celebration. For 75 years, this refreshingly crisp soda has used the same exact formula since its creation in Cuba. O sea, you can get more Cuban tradition than Kawi Lemon Line. Así que, this holiday season, make sure to include the authentically Cuban taste of Kawi Lemon Lime in all of your fiestas navideña. Find Kawi Lemon Lime in stores now. Uh, but you know what we would pay for? Mm. A cowie. We would. We would pay for a cowie. So it's time for our last cowie of the yes. desert. Yes. So do you want to go first? I do want to go first. Okay, go ahead. Go so. Ahead. And uh, I'm looking at your list and, I, and I'm and i thinking you may have, you and I may actually have the, the same last soda. Why did you week. look at my list? We can't look at the list. I know, but it was right there. And so I just, I glanced. So my last cowie and I give her like a barrel of cowies because first of all i think she's kick-ass i've always liked her is pink yes we were going to give the same last so cowie pink yep. was uh did her series of concert of what is it truth um truthful <coughs> truthful here excuse me trust, here my truthful trust trustful 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 uh here in miami you know pink she flies yeah. uh <laughs> you know that pink is one of these people that i would love to see in concert i don't know why i haven't why haven't we gone to see her because i freaking love pink and she's such a badass person yeah. but anyway so um, this week she was here in Miami, and um, as we know, uh, we've been going through a very difficult time here in Miami in the school system with books in Florida, it, with books uh, being banned, and you know what can be read, what cannot be read. And before people come at me and tell me that the list of banned books was not accurate, you are correct. There was a list of books that were banned. Um, that in reality, that list that circulated online was not accurate. Okay. But nonetheless, whether that list was accurate uh, there's, or not, there's still a huge issue here in Florida with books um, being removed from libraries because what happens is, and we've talked about this on the show, librarians now, based on these new rules, don't know if something is can be deemed offensive right. or sexualized or political. So 
as an air of caution, they removed a lot of books, and a lot of these are classic American like right. literature books, like uh, The Great Gatsby, To Kill a Mockingbird, um, To Kill a Mockingbird. And these are books that, in all fairness, these are books that have always consistently been on the chopping block right. or under threat of. But nonetheless, block. nonetheless. So with that in mind, so Pink this uh, week uh, in her During Florida concert mm-hmm. provided over two thousand. Yep books that have been deemed either inappropriate or have been banned or have been taken out of public schools out of libraries she provided these books for whoever wanted them yeah so yeah i thought that was pretty awesome yeah during her during her stop here in south florida she actually partnered with books and books (coughs) to oh we love books and books we love books and books um to provide the the books that that at the concerts um and i number one i love books and books i've always loved books and books but also when you go into books and books you've noticed right like when in the courtyard right um where the entrance is for the little cafe area it says like we read banned books and then it has all the book titles that have historically been banned or right. tried to be banned so this is something that books and books has stood for forever you know it's not just something new um and now they've got the backing of you know pink the flying pink but you know that even like barnes and noble which is like a chain you know compared to books and books you know that they have a section of banned books really yes oh wow i didn't know yeah they do because you know what Uh, they know that these are books that a lot of people read and now people are going to read more yeah so just from a business perspective but nonetheless back to pink um so she provided these books for people and made them eligible and look whatever your opinions are about this supposed list and about whatever books are being banned or not banned the fact that a child wants to read should be encouraged that should be encouraged that is that in itself if you want your child to be educated Getting a, a kid to read, especially in this day and age, that there's so much distraction and so many electronics and yeah. and this and that and handheld devices. Getting a kid to read is difficult as it is. So the fact that your kid wants to read something, that should be the win. That should be the win and that should be what you go with. Yeah. If later as a parent you want to advise your child of maybe of the things that they may want to read when they're older, maybe stick some more appropriate things for their age, as you said – that's another conversation that you could have. But the fact that your kid wants to read, that should be the win and that should be what you get for, go for. Not this whole manipulation of what kids should and shouldn't be reading. Well, you know what? The kids should have a say-so in this too, right? Mm-hmm. And if like a book like, again, The Great Gatsby, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, um, The Catcher in the Rye, you know, these are books that generations of children have read. And, you know, some of them, whatever, they didn't care about the book. But to other people, these, these books had a, an, an impact yeah. and a legacy. And now these are things that like, we don't know if the kids can read the book. And, and then what happens? If the kids don't read the book in school, or they're not exposed to it, then they're probably not going to do it on their it's own. It's harder. It's harder to read it once you're after a certain age. Just, I mean, life gets in the way, as they say. My favorite book that of all time, 1984. I read in high school. And it, since Great then, I've read it like four times, but I read it in high school. I read Great Gatsby at least once a year. And you know what's, but, but you know what's great about that, about rereading that? That I remember, for example, when I read 1984. I remember as a high school student, I obviously I liked the book, but I remember... Then when I read it in my 20s, it was very different. Of course. And then when I read it in my 30s, it was even more different, yeah. right? Just like To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, my kid's middle name is because of, right. <laughs> it's based on To Kill a Mockingbird, right. Atticus Finch, right? You know, um, I freaking named my kid after it. I remember reading it in high school and being like, oh, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, you're not ready for it yet. Right. 
But then reading it as an adult and being like, whoa. There's some heady shit. In oh, here. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. And then I read it when he was born again. Um, and even hitting me harder. And, you know, because as a 30 some year old or a 40 some year old, you've lived a different life. You know, you've as lived longer. As now as a parent, like you see things differently. And sometimes when you revisit a book, you, you, um, you you see it differently, yeah. but again, none of that can happen if you're not exposed to that book at that's a certain age and a certain time. And usually, that's by school, and that's just—it's so tragic that this is happening. But you know, we have heroes like Pink. We have heroes like Pink that will fly around. <laughs> I freaking—I I love her so much. I want her to hand out the books while she's flying on the trampoline. Yes, I, I freaking love Pink so much. It's like who would have thought who, it, that it, is with, somebody with that first album. who doesn't take shit from no one. And she's done things her way, her style. And she's still here. And she's still here. And people still like her. Yeah. Because she's still, kick-ass. She's still as relevant today as she was. Yeah. Because she's real. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so lots of kawis for you, Pink. Yes. She does a lot of flying, so she needs to hydrate. She needs, she needs a hydration. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the crisp lemon lime. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so everybody, uh, that's our show for today. Though yes. we've had a lot of topics today. We did. We, 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 did. Had... we did. From Tears for Fears to <laughs> Flangate <laughs> to Tipping to Marco Rubio and his phone parties. Yes. So everybody, uh, well, we hope you enjoy your pre-Thanksgiving weekend, everybody. We yes. hope you listen, laugh, and learn. And as always, join us on Saturday, yes. uh, Fiesta at the Park. And on Sunday, we're at the New Era Collectibles again. Um, and for Pink Pump Oil. For Pink Pump Oil. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. For Pink Pump Oil. And we're also going to, I'm giving you the heads up, Black Friday, we're going to be at Shoujo's Dojo. And Black Saturday, I guess. Or is that Small Business Saturday? I yes. don't know. Um, we're going to be at Jay Wakefield. So you've All got so Pollo. many chances to so catch So follow us. us also on Pink Pump Oil MIA. Yep. yep and yep. oh, Oh, and by the way, we were at the Heritage Fire. Um, oh, that was so food, fun. Uh, food uh, competition this week at the Biltmore Hotel yeah, for Pink Pampoyo. It was an amazing experience. Absolutely. We were very flattered. Pink Pampoyo was there. Yes. And we were Thank among, you for inviting us, Heritage Fire. Yes, we were among some of the most distinguished and, and you know huge chefs here in Miami. Yeah. So we were a little humbled that our yeah. little chicken wing pop-up was even nominated yeah or even included yeah. so you know thank you to everybody who invited us who made this happen who um made us feel welcome and thank you to a few listeners who came up to us yeah and said hello and they were like oh my god i love you guys and i was like it's funny because i'm in ping pong boyo mode i'm not in pero let me tell you mode and i'm like wait what i'm like oh yes the podcast <laughs> we like, do that too we, we do, do that, that too, too. Like, yes yes you know yes, yes, yes. like thinking chicken not podcast yeah. but um boyo not podcast boyo not podcast but thank you to everybody who came out and said hello so yeah. uh, as always we hope you listen laugh and learn and remember to grab your pastelito your croqueta and your kawi and have a great weekend everybody all right cuídense mi gente bye pero let me tell you is co-hosted by darian borges and ismaeliano produced by ismaeliano and our theme pero let me tell you freestyle is composed by michael angelo lomlaplex the official gay guy and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on itunes If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.